Welcome to the King's Healing Room Podcast, where we are a kingdom ministry within global presence. We are located at 4326 Pharaoh in Syracuse, New York, 13219, where the executive pastor is Elder Yulon Jones and the senior pastor and founder is Bishop Brian K. Hill Sr. All are welcome. On the count of three, let's give everything we have done from keeping the captain this morning. Let's, let's regress even further. The, the, whatever prayer we gave, whatever the context of the prayer was before we went to sleep last night, in anticipation of waking up in the morning. Amen? Yes. And then the prayer and uh, whatever our routines are, our prayer routine, meditation, or fasting, or uh, Teas or coffees or smoothies, all in anticipation of, as King David said, coming to the Lord's house, whether it's virtually or whether it's in, in person. So everything we've done today as believers is to give God glory. Amen. But on the count of three, amen. Let's all just jump up on our feet and as loud as we can. Give God the highest praise. The word hallelujah is, is, is in the most basic layman's terms, given because there's really no name for God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, 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 even, even the most devout Jews uh, uh, in Jewish culture, they don't even spell G O D, they spell G dash D. Because it's almost a dishonor to say God. Is that all right? Amen. One, two, three. Because they sounded like they forgot it. They just said, Jesus, Jesus. 
in the Lord. And then he just became Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I think we've come to the point now where if you do the baby down with the bad one. And I think we need to go back to the old landmark. I think we need the new music to break the new music and stuff. But I think it's time to go back to saying Jesus. Jesus. Can you give yourself a flag? 
of why I'm the servant today. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Yes, sir. And that's a designation. There's a, there's a proclamation for the designation of being in the house of the Lord. So if we make it, why be sad? My grandmother used to say, look like you got you look like you got a house of cross. Is that all right? So if we made it, if we made it, if we made it here, Amen. We got a text this morning saying, be careful, let me get out of the car and park not because it was it was icy this morning. Amen. Amen. By the time we got here, y'all gonna catch this. By the time we got here, the sun came up. Amen. Now we got a text before the S U N came up. But it's the S O N that brought us Amen. So whether it's icy or whether it's last Tuesday with 19 feet of snow. Amen. As long as the S-O-N rises, and in about three weeks we're going to celebrate the birth, the life, the death, and here's the good part, the resurrection of the S-O-N. Amen. And it died and rose for our atonement. Amen. To buy us back, born and sinners. Let me stop. 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 Friday, April 7th, um, well, Thursday night, midnight, midnight, uh, a.m., Thursday night, um, the King's Healing Group, we are entering into a resurrection fast, amen, and, uh, and uh, uh, it is uh, beware of any teacher. That assumes that everyone always knows exactly what they're talking about. Even if you think you're looking at the same people in the same crowd. Is that all right? Yeah. Amen. Uh, uh, but now is not the time to go in depth. Amen. Uh, the word is coming. Amen. Uh, but, you know, in general, we fast for clarity, we fast for understanding. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and uh, um, so we are fasting. From midnight, Thursday night, and the King's Healing Room, we generally designate noon, 3 and 6 p.m. Amen. As just landmarks, as landmarks. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. We know medications. Uh, God gave us common sense. Amen. For reasons. Is that all right? If you need to take food with your medications, you take food with your medications. And allow me to take this moment because we don't know who we're ministering to right now. Amen. Amen. Our podcast, uh, we thank Brother Clyde, thank you for the statistics. Amen. Uh, 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 Australia, Britain, and I think there's three countries that are downloading our podcast. Amen. And you'll have more clarity on that. I probably got all three of them wrong, but it's three outside the United States. Amen. So we got so we don't want to assume that everyone understands. Amen. So uh, 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 if you're on blood pressure medication, if you're diabetic, if you're if you're taking medication that is that is specific um, to your daily, um, if you take a vitamin, a vitamin D pill once a month, amen. Then don't don't take it on the day you're fasting. Just get out of the fast. You know, right? Come on, right? I mean, if you want something from God, then fast. If you don't, then don't fast. Just don't participate. Right? Uh, but we are fasting in anticipation 
of Resurrection Sunday, which is April 9th. So on uh, uh, midnight Thursday, which will be, uh, which will at, at midnight turn to Friday, April, uh, uh, April 7th. We are fasting. And uh, then Friday night at 9 p.m., I'm, I'm so I'm humbled and I'm excited at the same time that for the first time in the history of Keith Healing Room, we are having an old fashioned shut in. Now, I'm not saying this is exclusive to COVID, but if you raise COVID, then you know what a shut in is, right? Yeah. Amen. Once again, uh, not assuming that everyone knows what a shut in is. Amen. Uh, so let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me put it in terms before we got saved. Amen. You went to the liquor store. Amen. Mm -hmm. You went to the grocery store. Got your munchies. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know where this is going, right? Stopped by the weed man. Amen. Right? Got all the stuff you need. Yeah. Oh, it's here. I'm all the way over to Mom, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. So pregnant. So Amen. And y'all quiet. Ooh. Now, if I can tell my story, my mom, my mother's here, y'all can celebrate this. You may not have done it, but you may be reminded to it. Amen. And you shut the door and come out to the monkeys ran out. Or the bee ran out. Or the JV ran out. Or you had to go to work. Amen. Yes. That ain't going very well. So, Friday, so Thursday night, we're fasting. And, and until through Friday, Friday night, all that will is completely voluntary. All that will. The requirement is where two or three gather in my name. Yes. Amen. Yes. And we invite those virtually, even members of the King Silicon and those that listen to this voice, that voice of ministry, and those that, are, those that follow us virtually. Amen. Be with us in spirit, even in your own home. Amen. One such alarm for. So, uh, set your set your Android or your Apple or your, your alarm clock to to every two hours, amen. To just and even right in the bed, just have a consciousness of a word of prayer, amen. And let us all be in solidarity. Let us all be on one accord. Let us all between Friday and Saturday. Let us all be the 120 that came out of the whole room, all on one accord, amen. And our prayer can simply be uh, can simply be uh, 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 defined by God, family, and church. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. God, your relationship, your family. How many of how many of our families need prayer? Amen. Amen. And it's not specifically your church, whatever that may be, whoever's listening, but the ecclesia, the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. There are people in countries around the world that are being persecuted. Amen. There are communist countries where you can, you can get a lot of trouble. You might lose your life for only the Bible. Amen. That just doesn't get pressed. We have other hot issues that get a lot of press. Amen. Uh, Trumpism and other things I don't want to get into that. Amen. But you can still, you can still be persecuted, all right, for simply knowing the Bible. All right. A woman in Britain a woman in Britain was arrested and charged for praying quietly in front of an abortion clinic. Everybody heard of that? 
praying, Google it, not now, praying silently in front of the abortion And she was arrested and charged and went to trial and she was, uh, uh, she was found innocent. Amen. She was charged with what she was thinking. Is that all right? Got the family in church and then we come out in anticipation of resurrection Sunday. Prepare to invite your friends, start inviting them now, loved ones, amen, amen, for a great, great, you can't fast and pray in sincerity and not expect a tsunami of God's blessings. Yes. Is that all right? Let us all stand to our feet in anticipation of the word of God. Yes. Elder Carmen Lacey, the wife of uh, Elder James Lacey, he's been an elder for a long time. Amen. He's been an elder for a long time. Is that all right? Amen. James had called on the elders of the church. That was, that, was, that was not a title. Amen. That was a spiritual designation. Is that all right? Amen. She's a mother, a grandmother. Amen. She is a she is a spiritual mother to many, probably untold. Amen. She is a author of three books. She holds numerous uh, uh, educational degrees. Uh, uh, um, she is a. She holds her PhD. She's a doctor, right? Not an honorary, not an honorary doctor. She holds her doctor. Amen. And her dissertation for her PhD. Amen. Uh, today, and there are many other titles. Amen. But I've already taken too much time, so I want to I want to uh, digress. Amen. Today, her designation is a child of God who holds the word of God in her mouth. At this time, let us give God high praise as the woman of God comes before. Take the man a message and deliver it as only you know how. 
Your word says that some come to plant, some water, but it's you who get the increase. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus to remove any and all distractions, anything that comes to distract the hearing of your word, and so that it reaches the hearts and minds of your people, and it might build them up now and into the future. Let the light and the illumination of your word change lives today and perpetually. I glorify you in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, there's a lot that has been said on today. There is a lot of worship, a lot of praise that has gone forth. But as I sought the Lord for this house on today, he said it is a season of stretching. A season of stretching. And in the last several years, we have, if you've you paid attention at all to any of the weather, we've seen that the weather has been inclement, that it has changed, that it is different from what we expect to happen during the season. Uh, in Syracuse, I've heard saying that if you are in Syracuse, you can experience all four seasons in one hour. <laughs> Amen. One moment it'll be sunny, the next it will be rainy, next you'll make it sleet and snow, and then you'll see all the leaves falling. You're like, what is going on? And I just always say it is God showing up, miraculous, telling us he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, whenever he wants. Amen. I witnessed this change, particularly during my travels over the last week when I was in Boston. I got stuck in Boston for a week because the weather was so inclement, and I didn't want to risk coming home in the middle of the night. So I was like, whoa, the streets were empty, and, and the Uber drivers were the only ones that were out. And I said, wow, I could probably get home. And then there was a push of rain and sleet and snow. I said, I'm going to stay put. Stay put. However, when it was time for me to return home, I chuckled because it was clear as day. It was almost as if he was saying, sit still. I have some things to tell. And guess what? You all were on my mind. So I had to set time. And I said, all right, what do you want to say to your people? Because when it was time to run to go home, the roads was clear, the sun was shining, and there was no delay in getting home. And the first place that I went, those who know me know. Father said, Shabbat, he don't know me. <laughs> I went to Carl. <laughs> I went to get Carl. Amen. But as I pondered on that experience, I learned, driving there and driving home, I learned this, that seasons are for real. However, a season does not last always. And you may be experiencing a season right now, a season of joy and harmony and blissfulness. You may be experiencing a season that is filled with coldness or snow or sleet. It might be a rainy season, a bucket of water coming down, fertilizing all of the stuff and clearing away the debris. 
Or you might be in a season of winter where everything is lying dormant and you don't know when the next source of what you need is going to reveal itself. Whatever season you are in, there is a season and a time for everything under the sun. Ecclesiastes tells us that. And as I think about the season, I think about the four of the seasons, the spring, the winter, the autumn, and the summer. And they are marked by particular weather patterns. Any one of us know, I think we did this before when we raised our hands and we said, oh, some of us love winter, some love spring, I love summer, and then there's others that love autumn for everything that that particular season brings. But what I looked up and I saw when it came to seasons is that a season also predicts and illustrates the sequence of an event. When we think about seasons in relation to television, there is a season of shows. And so one sequentially goes after another. When I think of the show Power, and don't even say it, I know you all have seen it as well. You were waiting for the next season to occur. And that next season consisted of a series of 13 shows. And if you're anything like me or the other people I know, you can sometimes binge watch those shows. So when we think about a season, sometimes we have reruns in our lives. Sometimes we're looking at the same thing over and over again. And in the next season, we're thinking about a change. However, it becomes the same characters, the same plot, but we're expecting a different outcome. So a season, in addition to it being the weather, the season can be a rerun of experiences. However, in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 4 reminds us that a season is just for appointed time. It reveals that Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, yeah. being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Yeah. And in those days, he ate nothing. Now, Pastor just talked about the shut-in, and he talked about the fact that we are going to have a fast. So in those 40 days, Jesus had a fast. He ate nothing. He experienced where he was hungry. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 2 tells us that even Jesus experienced what we experience today. And preceding that chapter, if you read Luke verses, excuse me, chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, it sets the context as to why he was led into the wilderness. So it says that Jesus, and while he prayed that heaven was open, that was at the time when John the Baptist had baptized Jesus, and then the heavens opened when Jesus prayed. And then there was a voice of the Lord that came through and said, here is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then it came down and it represented itself in the form of a dove. 
So that was preceding the fact before Jesus went into the wilderness. So then I imagine on today, there may be times when Jesus has blessed you or Jesus has come into that season and given you an exuberance or provided a word of clarity or instruction. There was a time when you felt so connected, you dreamt and felt so connected to the Lord that you just knew it had to be God who spoke this thing. You knew that the Lord said, you are my daughter, my son, and boom, I am well pleased. And then you were led into a place of the wilderness, led into a place where you had to be tempted or tested by the enemy. I am known through the word that I am reminded that dogs do not chase parked cars. They don't chase parked cars. If you're running, if you're doing something, then that means that you have a value because the devil is not going to chase anybody who is already in his camp. So if you are being tempted, tested, if you're being tortured by the enemy on some level, it's because you have some value that is placed inside of you. And I am here to remind each and every one of us that the season does not last always. Amen, 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 amen. And that is why the scripture, 1 Peter 5 and 8 tells us to be vigilant, to be sober-minded, to be aware and know all of what is going on in your space. It says in that passage, the adversary, that person who is the enemy, that thing that is the enemy, is roaming around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. It also tells us to wrestle not. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So if you have fought with your brother or your sister, it really is not that person that we have fought with. Because the enemy who is vigilant, who is roaming around seeking who he may devour, that same enemy, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but of principalities and powers and rulers in darkness of this age. Yes. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in this age. So it is a systematic force in which we are wrestling with. Amen. I'm not going to go there. That's for another story. I'm going to come on back to Luke. Uh, according to Luke 4 and 13, which gave me, look at my Josh, I can hold it here. And Luke 4 and 13, it really gave me hope because it says, and when the devil had finished every temptation, all right, when the devil finished every temptation marks a demarcation that that season is coming to an end. There is only so much he can tempt you with, amen? And when the season of temptation is finished, he departed him. Yes. He departed him for what? For a season. So if he departed Jesus for a season, because Jesus put a word on it, amen? If he departed Jesus for a season, he's going to depart you and I for a season as well. And I love that passage because it was interesting to me that Jesus models the behavior that each and every one of us should model. But if you are like me, when you are struck, tempted, tortured by the enemy, Oftentimes, you are looking at that particular circumstance, the thing that surrounds you and where you stand. And you are 
giving the playback, the Monday morning quarterback session to, oh my gosh, can you believe that this has happened to me? Do you know that they did me wrong here or they forgot to give me this there? We are continuing to tell that story. And I found that the enemy is sitting there laughing because he's saying they are doing exactly what I want them to do. They are giving me glory instead of the Most High. Amen? Glory to God. So be encouraged. The Spirit led him into the wilderness, led the Lord into the wilderness, and the Spirit will lead him out. How do I know? Because Luke chapter 4 and 14 said that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, and down it says it led him out to fulfill the purpose, the purpose, and how Jesus went and he went and declared the word after coming out of the wilderness. And if the Lord will do it, then he is no respected person. We can do it as well. Amen. Allow the spirit to lead you in and that spirit of the Lord should be able to lead you out. Glory to God. And so that was on the season. We can go in depth on the season. What I particularly wanted to expound upon is in the stretching. All right, because we all are aware that there are seasons we can look outside, but many of you and you and you and even me, we're not aware of that season where we're being stretched. So let us go. Stretching, it is of something that has a soft or an elasticity, something that has an ingredient inside that allows that material or that thing to be stretched, to be moved from one side to another without ripping or without being destroyed. When I think about stretching, I think about bubble gum. Bubble gum, bubble gum. You can chew that thing for days and days and days. You can put it in the freezer like I used to do when I was little and then take it right back out and chew it again. And then you can take that bubble gum and you can stretch it from here to fro, and it never breaks. It never loses that elasticity. Sometimes stretching is strengthening your body. I did yoga while I was stuck. <laughs> I did yoga, took a yoga class, and I did some stretching. Now, I had not done yoga in a while. So of course, it took me a little longer to stretch than it did for all of those persons that were in the class continuously. And so I was breathing on hard and stretching a little bit wide, and I said, hmm. And what I got out of that is, you were not exercising those muscles so you're not as limber as some of the people who do it consistently. Catch this. If we are not continuously providing or putting ourselves in ways and in areas and in circumstances where we can grow, then we become tight and rigid. And when it comes time for us to do something that is beyond our comfort zone, we become recoiled. Amen? But if we continue to allow 
ourselves through the Lord and be put into experiences and places where we can stretch, where we can reach, where we can move beyond our comfort zone and move beyond our expectations, then we can be used in a manner in which it will not harm us, but it will allow us to tighten our muscles in order to reach that thing, that something, amen? You know what just something is. You know the area that the Lord is stretching you in. You know the area the Lord is stretching you in, because that same area, the enemy may be tempting you in, amen? Amen, amen. But I learned, beloved, I learned a few things that we're going to go through. The first one is stretching produces purpose. Stretching produces purpose. According to Psalm 105, which is the fourth book of the Torah, according to that stanza, it illustrates the commission to tell of his wondrous works. The whole stanza, and stanza, because Psalms is a song, the whole stanza gives an illustration of how glorious and wonderful our Lord Christ Jesus is. And I was particularly drawn to this book because stanza 17 and 19 gives a glimpse into the journey of Joseph. And they sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold as a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He lay in iron until the time that the word, excuse me, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Until the, until the time that his word came, colon, the word of the Lord tried him. It's very important to look at the um, punctuation in this passage because it tells you where to come to a complete stop. A colon represents that you can stop at that particular sentence and not move on. It stands alone. So, and when they sent a man before them, comma, even Joseph, comma, who was sold as a servant, boom, that alone, when you think about he was sold as a servant, that means somebody else got money for him to be a slave. Somebody else received that money for him to produce a benefit to someone else's kingdom. Amen. He was sold as a slave. He was sold as a servant. When we come to God's house, we're saying we are servants of God. But yet we ain't willing <laughs> to produce an asset for someone else. He was sold as a servant. Stop. Whose feet they hurt with feathers. Feathers. Feathers is um, like shackles on your feet. So where they're so tight that it leaves an imprint. And so his feet hurt. When you think about your feet hurting, when you think about the fact that you can't move, it's laid with iron, that means that you cannot move forward in the things that you want to do because you're stuck by what someone else has you tied to. Amen? So his feet was hurt with feathers. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. 
When I remembered this, I said, oh my gosh, why are you speaking about this when you're talking about your wondrous works, oh God? But he was reminding us that in the seasons and in the times of our stretching, we might feel the pain and the stretching and the, and the challenges of our circumstance, but that word was tied to Genesis when Joseph dreamed a dream. When Joseph dreamed a dream that set him apart from men, that dream that gave him courage, that dream that gave him the boldness to say to his mama, his daddy, and his brothers that you all are going to bow down to me. Some of us are dreaming some big dreams, and now it's time to pay up, amen? It's time to walk through and go through the challenge that's going to produce. Stretching produces purpose. Yes. And you cannot have a purpose that is produced without the stretching. Yes. All right. yes. So he came to a part of his journey and his feet was laid with feathers, and we saw or see the pain that he was. I was heartened at that point. We were like, why did they do that to my brother Joseph? Why are they hurting him? As I see when I look into the jails or when I look downtown and I see people who may not be um, in the same position that I expect them to be, and I say, Lord, why are you doing this? Why is this happening to them? He said, but you weren't there when I delivered the word. You were not there when I spoke to them and declared that this was going to be a part of your journey. You were not there when I said, I need you to be an example, a witness. I need you to experience this so that you can draw others to me. He said, everybody is not going to have Chanel back. Everybody is not going to have Chanel Cologne, or everyone is not going to live in the best houses. But if you are willing to be sold as a servant, if you are willing to have your feet shod with iron and crushed with the feathers, if you are willing to hearken to that word that I shed when you were immature, when you were dreaming and nobody else got into that dream to affect it and infect it in a negative way. If you were willing to believe what I said to you when you were all by yourself, then you are the one who can celebrate the wondrous works in me. That's what the Lord is saying. And that's why this Psalms 105 is so glorious because all of the people that he talks about in that passage, in that stanza, is people who went through trials and challenges, but they still praise the name of the Lord. Yes. It's common, if you're like me, to judge the book by its cover. Never opening it up to see what's inside. Never walking alongside someone to get a glimpse of what's going on in your world. Always shaking, moving to and fro. Could it be that that person is being stretched to fulfill their destiny, to fulfill the purpose that God has in them? Until the time that His word, we all have a word on us. We all have a word that the Lord has spoken in our lives. We all have a word that we are hanging on to. Because without that word, we will lose our mind. Yeah. Until the 
the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. So I said, stretching produces purpose. Then the next one I want to say is, stretching produces healing. Stretching produces healing. There are times when our stretching will benefit those who don't believe. Aretha Franklin said that. She said, for the benefit of those who don't believe, ah, God showed himself out and showed himself merciful on my behalf. So he illustrated for the benefit of those who don't believe through the passage in Matthew chapter 12. So Matthew chapter 12, Jesus approached, excuse me, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 2. Jesus approached the Pharisees saying that his disciples were doing what was not lawful to be done on the Sabbath. Matthew chapter 12 is comical to me because it is a conversation between those who are of the law, called the Pharisees, they were the Jews at that point, and Jesus. Jesus was like, listen, I can do whatever I want to do on whatever day I want to do it. And that sometimes we walk into when we walk into people who are operating in religion versus relationship. And so what happens is, like Jesus said, he, he approached the Pharisees and they're like, listen, your disciples over there are eating. And all his disciples were doing, it was a little weird. They were eating the crumbs, right? That was because they was hungry. So they were eating the crumbs that was on their beards and such because they were hungry. And his disciples like, you see what they're doing? They're eating. That's not lawful to do that on a Sabbath. So Jesus went through his whole dialogue with them and then came to a place. He shut them down, shut the Pharisees down. But then Jesus walked on over into the Sabbath, into their synagogue. Can you imagine? going into somebody else's house and being like, hmm. He walked right into their synagogue and there was a man with a withered hand. He walked right into their house, into their place of worship, and there was a man with a withered hand. Now, unless you understand the Jewish law and the Jewish law at that time, if you had any kind of ailment, you could not come near the synagogue. So the fact that they were outside the synagogue and the Jews were judging the actions that were occurring and in their own house had somebody that had an imperfection that, let me not get ahead of myself, that they weren't even willing to deal with their own, but they were judging people who were not of the same uh, faith as them. Jesus walked into their house and did just like us to say, he who lives in a glass house, that shall not throw stones. That's what I took from that. I was right with laughing. I was like, this is funny. He walked in their house and out of all the people that were there, I'm sure that in the synagogue there must have been other people. How they gonna point out that one person with a withered hand? It reminded me of the TV commercials that come on, whether it be the TV commercials with the dog, that they have the fan blowing on the dog, and the dog is shivering, 
so that people think that it all slows. But when you move, you'll see there's a fan that's behind the dog. And that's why every single one of them are shivering like this. <laughs> because they're trying to set it up as an emotional thing. And when you are in your emotions, you cannot make decisions that are objective. But Jesus was not in his emotions. Jesus said, hmm, be healed. He told the man, stretch out your hand. And so what this passage is showing us is the juxtaposed position. That when we are in the house, we may be withered. All right, I hear you. I, I hear you. What, what do you mean by a withered hand? I hear you, so I'm about to stop and show you. If you Google a withered hand, you will see it's either a hand that the knuckles are bulged out, it's either turned off to the side, or it's almost like this, where you can't, um, you can't grab something or you can't hold something, that it has limitations. And it was his withered hand, the man's withered hand, which was a deformity. So it told everybody around that this person was not whole because this person's hand could not move in a manner where he could have a livelihood like everyone else. He had a withered hand. And the Pharisees, the fact that that man's hand was withered and he was right to the synagogue, it told me this. Now, I don't know about you all, but it told me he was in that synagogue, I don't know how long, but he was in that synagogue trusting that one day, I'm going to be healed. He was in that, he brought his issues into the synagogue. He brought his issues and moved beyond the looks so that he could be in position, he could be in place for healing. Some of us want to stay home or want to stay in our comfort zone because we don't want to let anybody else know that we need to be healed. But when you have a withered hand, when it is on the opening for everyone to see, then you come into the house of the Lord trusting. So that's why if somebody don't smell good, somebody don't look as polished, somebody don't speak as eloquently, let them in. Because when they come in, the glory of the Lord that is healing will take place. Amen? Healing will take place. So the man came into the house of the Lord, the synagogue. Now the difference between the synagogue and the church is that the Jews at that point, and still there are Jews that believe that the Messiah is yet coming. They do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So that was the difference. And they were a little bit judgmental. But if the person was in the synagogue, he was looking for Jesus to come. Sometimes we are so busy looking for Jesus to come and deliver us and to heal us that we don't even realize that he was already here. We don't even realize that the presence of the Lord has already walked down your aisle, has already walked through your house, has already walked through your circumstance and is there for healing. Oftentimes I speak to people and they tell me all their challenges and I'm like, but God, have you read this passage? And they're like, yeah, but. If we get our butt out the way, Amen. then we will be able to walk in the path that the Lord has designed for us. 
immediately, immediately, it says in verse 10, behold, hearken our attention to out of all these people, suddenly, I said, but didn't those disciples put them right up front? Did they put the wheelchair right up front? Did they put the man right up front? I don't know. Well, I'm going to ask you and you and you, if Jesus is in this place, are you going to walk up front? Are you going to reveal the fact that I have some issues? I am. I'm like, listen, Lord, it's me standing here in the need of prayer. It's me. Check me out. But then another observation in this particular passage is that the man had to participate in his healing. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. It says, Jesus tells the withered man, or the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we look into have someone else do it, but it was as simple as do that thing that you don't think you can do. He said, stretch out your hand. I am confident that if that man had thought he could do it before, he would have did it. But something so simple, stretch out your hand. And how do we know he did it? Because it says in the 13th verse, he stretched it out. So, our actions or our faith will be demonstrated by our actions. So, if we believe that God said, if we believe that it is as simple and God honors his word, that what he tells us to do, we need to do that. And then watch for it to come alive. He said, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it. And guess what? When he stretched it, and you'll see this in the 12th verse, 12th chapter, 13 verse, I am not making this up. And it was restored as whole as the other. Oh my goodness. Can we drop the mic there? Boom! He said, stretch out your hand. The man did it and it was restored. That is an ingredient. That's like an algebraic problem. X plus Y equals all of them together. Stretch out your hand. He did it and it was restored. It was restored. When we think of restored, that means back to its original purpose. Back to its wholeness. Amen. We are feeling out of place when God has said pray. And when you pray, get up and trust that it is taken care of. Stretch out your hand. No man can pluck us out of the mighty hand of God. Amen. So why do we run it when every time Deacon Devil come and say, boom? We should be putting that word on the Lord. And that word is, the Lord shall fight for me and I shall hold my peace. That's Exodus 14 and 14. Amen. There is a word. The word came to the man. The word spoke to the man. The word told the man what to do. And the word showed up mighty and did not return for me. He was restored. Amen. 
I stood there and I said, oh my goodness, this man was in position for healing to take place. This man was available to be used as an example for what God can do and what God will do when that servant is there available and willing. Oftentimes, we want the miracle without the burden. <laughs> Oftentimes, we want to be used as the witness without going through the challenge. But the man participated in his healing by activating his faith and stretching out his hands and being that witness, being that model of God's miracle. I love it. I know throughout this um, congregation on today, I see several miracles who have served as a witness and a model of God's word continue. So, stretching produces purpose, stretching produces healing, and guess what? Stretching produces deliverance. In Joshua 8 and 18, the Lord tells Joshua, stretch out the javelin in your hand toward Ai, for I will deliver it into your power. Joshua does so, and they ended up winning both the city and the battle. So in the crux of this, when we listen, listening is hearing and doing, we exercise obedience. And Joshua, in that passage, he stretched out the javelin. The javelin is the spear. So God said, I can use an inanimate object to produce deliverance. Because Joshua doesn't have to do anything except for stretch out the javelin. So God literally used the javelin to point to Ai. To point, as if to say, that is where the target of my attention and destruction is going. All he had to do was put the focus on that area and say, because this is the area that I want God to shine the light on, if we fast, we fast with a specific purpose in mind. And when we point our arrow to that target, I like to shoot darts. And I'm pretty good at it, right? So darts have these three to four to five, black, yellow, green. And if you are a dart player, and usually they were in the bar, way back when, that's when I learned. But when you were a dart player, you take the darts out, and you have to go back just a bit and shoot the dart. It is always the smallest hole that wins you the most points. And so when you are a dart player, you have to really focus your eye, one, so you don't hit somebody else in the eye with the steel darts, because that would cause an injury, but two, that you end up landing right on, like if I were going to hit Brother James over here with a, a dart, I would go, Phew! Y'all know I got that, that, uh, he's <laughs> like this. But when you have a dart and you're focused on your target, like that javelin was focused on its target, the target is the place 
where you want to have exposed to the Lord. Because if you expose that place to the Lord, if you expose that thing, that issue, then the Lord will say, listen, I, if you open it up and you spoken and you shared with me, Ai, Ai was a place of disobedience. Ai was a place where they were disobedient to the word of God. And God allowed Joshua to focus in that area. Joshua did not have to do anything but put the Lord's word on He had to open it, meaning expose it. And that's what fasting does, at least for me. When there's a place in my heart that I'm struggling with, I have to open that place up. I have to acknowledge it, put a target on it, open it up saying this exists. This place of disobedience exists in my heart. I'm opening it up to you, oh God. Put that target on that word. And then the word of the Lord, I open up his word and he begins to speak. And then it becomes louder than that space of disobedience. And then it gives me instruction of what to do in that space of disobedience. And healing begins to take place. And then I turn from that wicked way. And then healing begins to take place. And then I'm able to model that over and over and over again and gain victory. He said in that word, for I will deliver it into your power. You have power over that thing too. Amen. Put a word on it. Put your eye in that space. Bring it into the Lord's face. Don't hide from it. Don't put it underneath. That's what they wanted to do in AI. But expose that thing. Expose it. Allow it to get the antiseptic of the word. And it will present healing. It might sting a bit. Because this word does sting. I'll be sitting there like, oh my gosh. It stings, but when you have that antiseptic, it begins to heal from the inside out. Oh my goodness. That was for someone here. Heal from the inside out. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. So in conclusion, for the second time, in conclusion, are you all ready to go to the next level in the Lord? Are you ready to go the next dimension in the Lord? Is your trajectory so high that you can't just wait for the next opportunity to show yourself faithful to the Lord? Well, listen, if your answer is yes, know that passion, passion is needed to follow the path of purpose. What is passion? Passion is that thing that you are willing to do beyond the pain, beyond the situation, beyond the circumstance, beyond the expectation. Passion will stretch you to where your fingers hurt, to where your heart hurt, to where you're just tired of forgiving, but you forgive a little more. Passion is needed in order to follow on that path to purpose. Amen? You have to passionately look aside from those who are speaking negatively. Passionately look aside from the fact that you don't have all of the tools that you think you will need. Passion that will say, you know what? They hurt me, Father. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Passion 
and the journey to fulfilling your purpose in God, not with God, in God starts with doing more. More fasting, more praying, more listening, more obedience. You're like, good grief, I got a lot going on right now and you asking me to do more? More, more fasting, more praying, more listening, more obedience. More fasting, more praying, more listening, more obedience. Amen? More, 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 mother more. Amen? Glory to God. Remember, the seasons on your journey will include testing, but they will not last forever. For we know that all things work together for our good and his glory. That's Romans 28. If you need a word for your situation, find it in the Bible. If you need a word for your family, find it in the Bible. If you need a word for your doubt, find it in the Bible. It's in there. Amen? And lastly, again, this is third lastly, and I literally wrote lastly three times. <laughs> your season that you're in should stretch you to fulfill your purpose of spreading the good news. That's what we're here for. Spreading the good news. And to spread the good news, we have to take those wasps out of our mouths. Amen. Turn those eyebrows. I know that we're doing real well, but then we can look like this and shun someone away. Turn those eyebrows to a smile and invite others to hear the good news. Stretch and you will be healed. Stretch and you will be delivered. But I pray, I'm going to say last again, I'm right. I pray that your faith fail not. That when you've done all of these things, that your faith fails not. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we have to activate our faith in the stretching. We have to let ourselves know. Sometimes we got to speak to ourselves. You will overcome this. You will do this. You will forgive. You will love beyond what your expectations are. And when you've done all that, when you are converted, then like our friend Paul, then I ask you to reach back and pull your brethren through as well. And then when we've done all that, and our season of stretching has come, that we know that our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, is working in our lives, is continuing to have us be utilized as a vessel in his kingdom to bring others on board. Amen. I don't care if you stink. I don't care if you smell good. We get in that all together. Amen. I know beyond the shadow of doubt that the roaches and the cockroaches and the stinky um, snakes, all of them got into the ark together. All of them. And that ark represents the home. We all going in there together. So I don't care if you think a little right now when I tell that to my children. I don't care if you got a little bit attitude right now. Let's go. We're going together. We're going to smile. Let's smile on it. 
So, as we close on today, I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father God. If we can stand, I thank God. Ooh, I thank God for the season of stretching. Thank you, Jesus, for the season of stretching. Thank you, Jesus, for the season of stretching. Thank you, Lord, for your word, your word that produces, your word that shows us that you are mighty no matter what. Your word that we can go to pull down those areas in our lives, those strongholds, and know that you are with us. That word that we can speak and decree it, and it shall be established. That word that will help us work this situation out. Work it out through the word. Work it out through the word. Put some music on and work it out through the word. And in those times when it gets heavy and super heavy as the snow was here last week, God, we just ask that you illuminate that situation with your word. Your word, your word, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Your word lightens us, God. Your word, your word, your word became flesh and dwelt among us. We are living epistles of your word, oh God. I ask in the name of Jesus that the faith of your people increase right now. Increase. That there is a thirst and a hunger for righteousness, for reading and doing your word, for inviting others to know of your word. Yes, Lord. Mm, 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 mm. Lord, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. I can't thank you enough. Not for what you've done, but for who you are. For who you are. Yes. I love you. And I ask in the name of Jesus that this word settle upon the hearts and the minds of your people today and perpetually. That they go back to the passages that were read on today and that they use that word to speak to their lives. That they use that word as an encouragement to go on yet a little while longer. That they use that word as a distance marker to say, I've been delivered and this is the line of demarcation. Father, we will be certain to give you the glory and the honor for these things because it's in the name of Jesus that we are able to decree victory. We love you as the sweet communion rests upon this plate and this house. Protect my sisters and brothers as we leave, but never ever from your presence. Keep watchful eye upon us. Protect us mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically, financially, and most of all, spiritually, so that you might find us home on our next occasion. Yes. We thank you. We glorify you. In the name of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus, we pray. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God.
enjoyed this podcast, we have three different ways that you can give. One way is using the Givelify app by downloading Givelify using your iOS or Android device and search The King's Healing Room, where you will see our senior pastor, Bishop Brian K. Hill's senior photo. You also can use our text to give. Here how it works. There are five steps. Step one, text GIVE to 1-844-981-2759, which is a unique to the King's Hill Room. Step two, you will receive a text with instructions. Step three, follow the instructions to set up a given account. Step four, text the amount you want to give and the designation. It could be a tithe, offering, or general fund. In step five, you will receive a receipt via email confirming your gift. And here's the last way you can give. You can use PayPal and send your donation to tkhroffice at gmail.com. That is tkhroffice at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to listen to more messages like the one you have heard. We are the King's Healing Room. And we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence.